We had uh, children and youth going to different camps this summer, not just Deeper Life, although that's the camp we're most involved in and most of our um, people go to and are involved in, whether counselors or staff or, or campers. And like Debbie said at Deeper Life, the theme this year was unshakable, and you'll probably hear that word a number of times in the testimonies today. I just wanted to read before we hear some of those testimonies from one of the scriptures, one of the many that talk about that subject. It's in Psalm 62, and uh, David says these words, My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Um, Because of who God is, we don't have to be shaken. Um, And uh, you'll hear that talked about quite a bit. Um, Our church supported financially a number of counselors at Deeper Life this summer. And uh, we invited those that we supported to come and be with us today. Um, Some of them were unable to come. They've already gone back to college or they were from out of state. Uh, But fortunately, we also supported a a bunch of counselors that are part of our church community here. So uh, they're going to be sharing. And we did receive uh, uh, testimonies in the form of letters from three of the counselors that we supported. So I'll be reading them. And uh, right now I'm going to read one of them, and then we're going to have uh, two counselors come up and share. But this is from a young lady named Shaley Espeseth, who was going to be here but got sick yesterday. Uh, Not COVID, but she got sick. And uh, she's from the Bagley area, if you know where that is, west of Bemidji. And she counseled for ninth and 10th grade. And so this is what she writes to you as a congregation. First off, I feel incredibly grateful to have been a counselor at Deeper Life this summer in the midst of so much uncertainty and constant change. It was something I hadn't planned on doing, but much like the last two years, my plans changed. After being away from counseling for the last several summers, I hardly knew any of the campers that would be on the grounds for ninth and 10th grade week. In retrospect, I think that actually helped me avoid the temptation to have certain expectations for the week and instead just let whatever was meant to happen, happen. At staff prep, a couple weeks prior to counseling, God put it in my heart that this summer I needed to simply be quick to listen and slow to speak. For those of you who know me personally, you know this is difficult. Almost instantly on Sunday night of camp, I knew my group of campers just needed someone to listen to them. I didn't have to say anything. I didn't have to carry the pressure of fixing their problems or having all the right answers, because I knew God was doing the real work. All I needed to do was exist alongside of the girls and love them. During one particular quiet time in our cabin devotions, with very little discussion amongst our cabin, I felt led to pray over the girls. We had them sit in a circle on the floor, each girl laying a hand on the shoulder of the girl next to her. I can honestly say I have no idea what I prayed, but I do know 
that I felt the Spirit of God enter our cabin and do some amazing work in hearts, my own included. Soon there was not a dry eye in the cabin. Sometimes silence is what breaks down walls. I not only was blessed with ten incredible campers, but an amazing co-counselor to spend the week with as well. Alexa and I met a couple hours before the campers started to come, but it felt like we had known each other for years. To wrap up, I thought I'd share with you some of the reflections I journaled about counseling this summer. Going in with no expectations makes the week so much better. Don't assume anything about anyone on night one. Authenticity will always resonate. You will be given grace when you really need grace. Sitting in silence can be very powerful. It's okay to cry. Tragedy can happen to anyone at any time, but God always has a plan. Trust it. Keep on loving each other, especially when it's difficult. Thank you to Embarrass Free Church for your continued support, love, and prayers for every staff member at Deeper Life. We are truly grateful for each one of you. And that's from Shaley Espeseth. I'm going to ask uh, Chloe Houghton and uh, Christian Sircine to come. Uh, they both counseled this summer. Uh, Christian counseled uh, ninth and 10th graders and 3rd and 4th, and Chloe counseled 3rd and 4th grade. Hello, everyone. Many of you know me, but for those of you who don't, my name is Chloe Houghton, and I have attended this church since I can remember. This year, I had the opportunity to counsel at Deeper Life Bible Camp during 3rd and 4th grade week. I got to counsel with Charlotte Lasso in Deccan, from laughing till we nearly cried, scraping plates, to watching in amazement as she came up with endless creative ideas to make cabin cleanup or dazzle time and dress up days fun. Charlotte was a lot of fun to counsel with. We had seven girls in our cabin. I was excited to have two girls from our church, Savannah and Piper, in my cabin, along with three girls, Kylie, Brooke, and Brandy, who I had counseled two years ago during primary and two girls, Kendall and Mackenzie, who I enjoy getting to know for the first time this week. Our first day and night went smoothly. I believe God was giving Charlotte and I a good night of sleep before homesickness kicked in. Quite a few of the girls got homesick, one of them so much so that she went home early, which was really disappointing, that she wasn't able to pull through and enjoy her week of camp. But after that, around Wednesday, the rest of the Duck and Girls seemed to do a bit better. It was cool to see some of them come out of their comfort zones and have fun. I know they pushed me out of my comfort zone. They got me to play tetherball, even though I'm terrified of it. One of our girls was pretty shy, so I got to spend a lot of time with her. She had me laughing a lot as we goofed around on the dock, and it became an inside joke for us to ask each other, do you want a flower or a lily pad? It was refreshing to see these kiddos affection joy and innocence i feel like those are simple things that we teens lose sight of occasionally and at the end of the week we had a discussion with sonia in her cabin about salvation and several girls accepted christ which was pretty cool two of the things i learned this year that i would like to do better on next year is one i learned in order to stay focused on jesus i need to take time to connect with him myself no matter how busy or tired i am Also, I hope to start one-on-ones earlier in the week and to ask each camper different questions so I know it's not like I'm just checking boxes as I'm talking with these girls. Though this week of counseling was pretty challenging at some points, I was once again amazed by the people at this camp. I was so encouraged by many different counselors. 
and by our amazing camp moms, Sarah and Sonia, and by our director, Flan, who made me laugh so many times. The way everyone treats each other is inspiring and healing to me. Thank you for being such kind, encouraging, and accepting people. I hope our campers were as blessed by us as I was by them. I am thankful that I had this opportunity to serve Jesus and others. My name's Christian. Um, I go to this church, too. I had three weeks of camp. I had a, a week where I was a camper, and then I counseled ninth and 10th with Gus Schroeder, and then third and fourth with a CIT, which is counselor and training. And I'll just go through one highlight from each week. And Wednesday night of my week of camp, Marlon was the speaker, and he had probably the most powerful message I've ever heard. And it was on sin and how sin wasn't a mistake and how sin was a choice we made and that we had to bring it before God. And I'll say I wasn't the only one on my knees crying at the end of the night. I think about maybe five or six people weren't out of the 35 or so that were there. And it was just such a great week and it kind of showed to me that I mean we're not worthy of God but our self-worth like we're worth it to God to do what he says he sent his son to die for us I can't imagine how painful that would have been for him and he I was worth that to him so why would I keep running from him I just thought that was great Ninth and 10th was counseling with Gus. That was a great week, too. We had one camper give his life to Christ, and I'm sure Gus will tell you a lot about that. And I had two repeat campers that I also know from around this area, and then two that come to this church on Wednesday nights. So I got to grow a relationship with four of people, four people that I consider my friends. And I thought that was really great. And then third and fourth grade, there was a lot of hard that happened that week for a lot of different reasons, a lot of homesick campers, because this was their first time really being at camp since primary, because we missed a year. So they had never been away for that long, and they had been home for so long because of the lockdown. There was a lot of hard there. I had... Two of my campers, I had four campers, two of them got homesick, and two of them didn't get along. (laughs) So it was a very interesting week. Um, The guy I was counseling with, Mason Benor, he is going into 11th grade, this was his first time counseling, and he stepped up to basically be the lead counselor on many occasions, and I thought it was just great to see him grow in that way, and I think he's going to be really a great counselor in the future. And the biggest highlight for me, I guess, was to have a camper come to know the Lord. Uh, he had been going there for several years, and I asked him on a one-on-one with him, on the first one-on-one I had gone with him, we were canoeing, not kayaking really, and 
something he really enjoyed. And he said, I just really like it here. The people are nice and I like the environment. And I thought, you know, that's a good testimony to um, camp in itself is um, we should be light. We should stand out as something different. And it's obviously doing that in that community over there and drawing people from all over. Um, but I think it was Wednesday of camp. Um, we really just got deep uh, in a conversation and one-on-one with him. And, and uh, he gave himself to the Lord that night and he repented. And, and from then on, to see from where he was at to um, just trying to get other campers to jump up and down during worship and him just singing out uh, as loud as he could sing in worship and he, just the freeness he had and then for uh, our cabin to come around and, and pray with him that night was just just a moving time you could just feel the spirit just empowering him and that was obviously a highlight um, the second highlight I guess for me and the last one I'll share because there's many but uh, was they have a they have this life is worship groups where they're kind of just training uh, youth how to shed light into anything and everything they do whether it's sports or whether it's music or whether it's whatever you know and and I got to be part of the Life is Worship uh, music group. And so we had, I think, six students and one other counselor, Tram, that helped us out. And we wrote a song that week. So we shared it Friday as a full band. So today we're going to share this song. I hope it blesses you as much as it blessed us. Um, but I just want to share a little bit of how that came to be. And... Um, so the Carlsons were there um, and they had little Timothy and little Christopher and I was like oh this is so cool that a a husband and wife can bring their kids to camp and that's not going to stop them from serving the Lord uh, where they've been led to do And, and they ended up being just a blessing but I had little Timothy on my shoulders walking around um, camp on Tuesday and I was just saying, Lord, thank you for just the opportunity to be here. Um, never thought it, my work would let me leave during this time, um, but they did. And we want to write a song that honors you, Lord, but also sheds light onto this camp and what like the environment really is like here. And we know we can come to you with uh, just all things. So help, just help us. Uh, be in our hearts and help us write a song that honors you. And I got this tune in my mind like 10 seconds later. And it was just playing and, and then words started flowing. So I went <laughs> I went to the chapel and I started writing uh, remember that pamphlet that Marlon had in it says I am loved I am you know that's the only thing I had to write in at that point so I, I wrote on the whole back of that thing I just wrote the whole song off. 
uh, in the next day when I was sharing about it at the group, I said, we can now build upon what God has started. And they thought that was really cool. And they said, you know, it'd be neat to have a bridge to this song. Um, and one of the students, uh, Eli Sutton, said, I, I wrote out a bridge last night. I think it would work perfect. And it did. So <laughs> we were done, like, the first meeting, really. And so it's interesting that we have to practice the song that we came up with, but it's because God gave it to us. we got to practice that, right? So I hope you enjoy this. Well, I don't consider myself a musician by any means, so we're going to plug through this one. Uh, so I'll, I'm going to sing the first verse, and when it comes into the second verse, we call on you. Uh, join in, and it, I think it's... Gus, that's wonderful. I have two more letters from counselors that we supported that I want to read, and then uh, we'll sing a couple more uh, camp songs, and after that... Uh, Maddie Sumner and Sarah Papama will come and share some highlights from their time at camp. Um, this first letter is from a young lady named Megan Natras, who lives uh, around Black Duck. And this is what she says to our congregation. Thank you all for sponsoring me this summer at DLBC. I greatly appreciate the financial support and the prayers. This was my 17th year at DLBC and my seventh year serving on staff. I served in the kitchen during 11th and 12th grade and 9th and 10th, bathrooms and support staff during 3rd and 4th, and then I counseled 5th and 6th grade week. I was supposed to counsel 7th and 8th and 1st and 2nd, but camp was sadly cut short this year. Before I start talking about my counseling experience, I just want to share that a powerful moment happened for me personally during 9th and 10th grade worship. And she goes on and and shares how God really spoke to her just through the worship and uh, how the students really got into the worship and God worked through that. Then she says, I counsel fifth and sixth. And I counseled along with Jossie Bjork. We know her, who was a former camper of mine. It was so great seeing her love for those girls and just seeing how much she had grown over the many years I've known her. We had eight beautiful and lively girls. At the beginning of the week, it was hard to get the girls to focus during devotions time, but by midweek, they asked so many questions and wanted to learn more about God and how to have an unshakable faith. I read during the week from a book about courageous women of faith, and the girls enjoyed hearing those stories. I pray that each one of those girls remember they are loved, God is always there for them, and that they know that God has given them a beautiful purpose. I had wished to have counseled 7th and 8th and 1st and 2nd, but hopefully next year I will get a chance and these kids will be able to come to camp. Even though it was hard to not be there and love those kids, I had to trust that God had a reason and I prayed that God would show them who they are in him and that they are unshakable even if they weren't at camp. God helped me have peace after many tears when camp was canceled again. I know that when I'm fearful, I can confidently know God will help me during the toughest times. God doesn't make mistakes. And he didn't start with me, and I don't want to live another day believing lies he didn't say. God, help me realize that I can make a difference in these kids' lives and others I impact even if I don't see it right away. That's from Megan Natras. And then another young lady, uh, Christina Siemens from the Twin Cities, um, we supported, and she wrote this. 
where do I even begin? The last time I went to camp, was a, I was a fifth grader. And I can honestly say I never thought I'd go to camp again, let alone be a camp counselor. Camp isn't necessarily my cup of tea, but wow, was this camp beyond anything I could have dreamed. Thankfully, I was able to attend counselor prep weekend a few days before camp to be able to get acquainted with the camp and also my fellow staff members. And I'm not going to lie, I was excited and also a little nervous going to camp without knowing anyone, but the Lord was so faithful to bring me a friend, your own sweet Maddie, who really took me under her wings those first few days and filled me in on camp life. She was such a blessing. Along those lines, I ended up co-counseling with a sweet girl who is currently at Northwestern College where I attended and still volunteer coach. And uh, she talks about how much in common uh, her counseling partner and her had. In regards to our campers, the girls in our cabin all came in having gone to DLBC or another camp before, but none had bunked together, and you know how girls can be. So we really prayed that they'd bond and become friends, and they did. The Lord moved and grew our girls closer and closer throughout the week. It was amazing. It was such a visible answer to prayers, and only the Lord can take the credit for that, which is the coolest part. On a more personal note, which it brings me to tears to just type, camp felt like home. I was one of very few new people and barely knew anyone, yet they were all so welcoming and inviting. They remembered my name, made me feel like I belonged from day one. I was always the new kid on the block growing up and got made fun of a lot throughout all of our moves. But at DLBC, I felt the most welcomed and wanted for one of the first times in my life. Um, I just sobbed throughout the week from gratefulness, especially the last morning during staff prep. Uh, God going around the room listening to fellow staffers, uh, sharing how the Lord worked was so neat and incredibly moving. It was so cool to see the kiddos campers include and love on everyone too, even me throughout the week. It's so rare these days and so humbling and encouraging to watch. There were many visible and non-visible ways the Lord showed up and broke me and grew me, even through the messages. All that to say, it was truly just a sweet and healing week for me. It was beyond a special time and DLBC will always hold a place in my heart and feel like home. So sorry I can't be there in person to share this with you, but please know I'm so grateful to you all at Embarrass E-Free. I can't thank you enough for all your thoughts, prayers, and financial support during camp. Thank you for making a difference in not only my life, but also many campers' lives because of your thoughtfulness and generosity. Christina Siemens. Okay, So let's uh, sing some more camp songs, and then Maddie and Sarah will come up here and share. All right. Good morning. How's everybody doing? <laughs> oh, that's good. Thanks. <laughs> um, all right, here we go. So I'm Maddie, as it has been mentioned a few times now, um, and I was a camp counselor at the ninth and 10th grade week. This year, I don't think anyone could have been more excited for camp. <laughs> um, to start off the week, I was partnering with Sophie, who was actually my co-counselor the last camp season, so that was really exciting to have that again. Um, we were even blessed to have a few of the same girls that we had that same camp season. So it gave us a great opportunity to be able to deepen those relationships. Um, within that group, we had nine girls in total. And let me tell you, that week was such a blessing. Um, I hear it at least once a year, but each time you go to camp, you are under the impression that you're going to pour into the lives of these campers. Well, 
they poured into me. And let me tell you, it was just so humbling and amazing to see these girls work through Christ, even if they didn't know that's what they were doing. But I saw it. Um, between these between deepening relationships, the messages from Seth, and just being completely honest with ourselves, I felt this year there was a wall, lot of walls built up. Um, to say the least, there were walls that said, yeah, I'm okay. I'm not struggling at all. Um, whether that was emotionally, physically, or even spiritually. Um, you know, a lot of people during COVID, they really grew in their relationship with Christ. But there were a lot of people who had stalls and just kind of stopped for a little bit and just really having that week with um, like-minded people just really opened that back up and it was amazing to see that Um, but by the middle of the week we all had a breakthrough of some sort counselors campers everybody there Um, it was such a blessing to watch the holy spirit move and work and I had to write a little note earlier because I remembered it last minute. Um, but with the Wednesday worship, I feel like that's the day that all the walls come down and people are more willing to let everything come in. Um, but the worship song that hit me the most was called Lean Back. Um, and so with my own personal breakthrough, I did have my moment of tears and had to walk out. But as I came back, one of the things that touched me the most was my camper that was next to me during worship just grabbed my hand. She just grabbed it, and we sat there, and well, we didn't sat, sit, we were standing. Um, but we stood there, and we just worshiped together. And it was just that presence that you know that somebody's there, uh, just as simple as, like, hey, I'm going to hold your hand, or hey, I'm here, or just that comforting look. Um, and so with that, worship was what we needed. Camp was what we needed. And to be surrounded by those like-minded people, worship, worshiping a God who is good. One of my favorite parts of camp is the one-on-ones. It gives you the opportunity to sit with these girls and just see how they are, where they are, and just connect. And so by the end of the week, I would say that every camper had a major breakthrough, and most of them either rededicated their lives or dedicated for the first time. Um, And it's just so incredible to see how this is their testimony. This is their life, and this is God-changing hearts. And so I thank you guys for supporting me in prayers and financially and everything like that. Praise God. You know, I just, I think it's just so neat um, when you get asked to stop and talk about how you have seen the Lord work. And um, we were just talking in Sunday school this morning about how when we do that, we can find encouragement with one another, but ultimately God gets the glory, right? That's why we share. And... um, so for those who don't know me, I'm Sarah Papama. Um, myself, my husband, um, Landon, who's six, Gracie, who's five, and Emily, who was two months at the time, got to serve at camp this year. And um, the roles that we had, Dave had the title assistant director, so he didn't really know what he was getting himself into, which was a sweet growing experience for him. So he he got to do many different things, a lot of them behind the scenes to help, which was a really sweet opportunity to serve. Um, The kids got to be camp kids which is its own little ministry in a really, really sweet way. It's always so interesting to see which of the campers who are there kind of flock to the camp kids. And and to see those relationships form was really something that was pretty special. It's always special. 
Um, and then my role at camp, I got to be the worship leader, which was such a sweet privilege. And, and going into fifth and sixth grade week, um, just really covering it with prayer. You know, what is worship? What should worship be? And, and I know for myself personally, I think I get lost in sometimes worship has to be with instruments, right? Um, having a live band. And um, one of the sweet things that came out of COVID was my sister-in-law brought to my attention this wonderful resource. So parents, grandparents, it's called Seeds Family Worship, S-E-E-D-S. Um, and they, what they do is they put Bible scripture, straight up scripture, to music. And if you can think about it, I'm sure growing up, those of you who are a little bit older, you can remember certain songs that are just, that's just the word of God, and that somehow sticks in your memory. And so it was really sweet to have that resource during COVID. And then thinking, okay, what a wonderful opportunity, right, to present the word of God to these kids through music and through song. So that was stepping out of my comfort zone a little bit, which, you know what, sometimes the Lord calls us to do that, and I'm grateful he did. So that's what we did for worship. I can see, like, Steve, you guys, Steve Cranes was doing dance moves and worshiping the Lord. It was, yes, exactly. <laughs> it was, it was incredible. And, and Jossie too counseled that week, you know, and Carol got to see, you know, there, it was just, it was one of those things where how powerful was it to just take a step back and to see the word of God being sang, right, being sung by these kids. And then the, the coolest thing, this is where I saw the Lord work. So unfortunately, one of the staff members towards the end of the week got sick and ended up testing positive for COVID. And so Friday afternoon before supper, so late afternoon, um, the directors had to announce it, you know, to the kids because of COVID, we had to change things up a little bit and how that would look differently for the rest of camp. And you could just sense once it was being presented, you know, it, it's hard. There is definitely anxiety and, you know, disappointment and um, the overshadowing of the unknown, the fear. Um, and it was really neat because one of the songs, right, the Word of God that we had been singing all week, we got to stop. And as a group around the flagpole, it was like, all right, here we go. Now that we know scripture, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, you guys, let's talk about it. Let's recite it. Let's apply it. And so as a camp, we got to say Philippians 4, 6, and 7 together. So not only did the kids get to learn it through worship that week, we also got to apply it during that very week, which is just an answer to prayer and a testimony to God's faithfulness and how he went before he went ahead in knowing that these kids need to be equipped with scripture. We all do. And we had the opportunity to, um, to dwell on that. And it's just such a sweet scripture that I will just leave us with today. And there is, there are lovely hand motions for it too, but it's do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition, thanksgiving presents your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And, and what a sweet, sweet truth to arm these kids with um, through worship, through song. It was incredible to see the Lord work that way. So thank you for supporting us.
If you would take your Bibles, I'm going to give a challenge in less than five minutes, and then we're going to sing one more song. It's from Isaiah chapter 33. Isaiah 33. While you're turning there, I'll just remind you that at DLBC this year, unshakable was theme. And um, here's the truth that we all agree with. We are very shakable people, but we have a God who is unshakable. True. We are shakable people. doesn't take much to shake us up, but we have a God who is unshakable. And I had the privilege of speaking 11th and 12th grade uh, week, and this was the big idea that we kept coming back to during the week. When shakable people embrace and trust the unshakable God, they will become more unshakable themselves. Let me read that again since there's no study notes today. When shakable people embrace and trust the unshakable God, they will become more unshakable themselves. It makes sense. And that's what we presented to the teenagers. So, Isaiah 33, verses 5 and 6. The Lord is exalted, for he dwells on high. He will fill Jerusalem with justice and righteousness. He will be the sure foundation for your times a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. Wow, if, if I had half hour, 45 minutes to talk about that. Um, you know, there was a man who, after a service, said to the pastor, uh, great message, pastor, I feel pastorized. Well, I don't have time to pasteurize you, but let me just point out a couple things. I want you campers, those of you who are at camp, to hear this, to take this challenge, those of you who are counselors, and the rest of you, to take this challenge. Verse 6 says that the Lord will be the sure foundation for your times. Now, that was written to people whose times were not our times. It was a different time, but it's the same God, and at that time, Isaiah is saying, he will be the sure foundation for your times. And I just want you to remember, the Lord is a sure foundation for our times. Whatever is involved in our times, and we could list it all, couldn't we? But remember, the Lord is a sure foundation, an unshakable foundation, a firm foundation for our times. He goes on to say, that the Lord is also a rich store of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. And in our times, we as the people of God need knowledge and wisdom. And God is a rich store, source for that. He's a sure foundation. He's a rich store of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. And then... Look how he concludes the verse. 
The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. The treasure is God as a sure foundation. His salvation, his wisdom, his knowledge in our times. And the key to that treasure, to experiencing it, is the fear of the Lord. What's the fear of the Lord? Well, we don't have to get all detailed on it. The fear of the Lord is taking God seriously. That's it. That's the fear of the Lord. Reverence for Him, taking Him seriously, being all in with Him, being given over to Him. That's the fear of the Lord. And the text says, that fear of the Lord is the key to having God as your sure foundation and having His wisdom and knowledge at your disposal in your time. The fear of the Lord, being all in. The opposite of the fear of the Lord is mediocrity. And some of you have heard me say this, but the word mediocre originated in the mountain climbing context. The word mediocre literally means middle of the rock or halfway up the mountain. Mediocre. And mountain climbers who only went halfway up the mountain and never went any further were referred to as mediocre. Halfway up the mountain people. There are a lot of mediocre Christians. And that's not the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is all in. It's not mediocrity. And and my challenge, and I know some campers have made this commitment this summer, the important thing is to now follow through with it. But we all need to think about this. Are we okay with halfway up the mountain Christianity? Are we okay with our mediocrity? Why do people only climb halfway up the mountain? Because that's the easy part. It gets harder. They only want the comfortable part. And that's why we have so many mediocre Christians. They only want to go halfway. Because that's the most comfortable. I want to challenge us as we enter into this new school year with all kinds of opportunities for ministry and growth and and all that stuff, fellowship. Let us not be satisfied with mediocrity. Let us not be halfway up the mountain people. The fear of the Lord is the key to being unshakable in our time. The fear of the Lord is the key to having the knowledge and wisdom of God at our disposal. Not mediocrity. And I'll finish with this. At the end of 1 Corinthians 15, Paul gives a challenge and he says, be steadfast, immovable. That sounds like being unshakable, doesn't it? Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For many Christians, you would have to say they're always running from the work of the Lord. 
Or they're always trying to get out of the work of the Lord. Or they're always resisting the work of the Lord. Paul says, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Abounding. That's not mediocre. Let's enter this school year. Young people, kids, adults. Determined that no longer are we going to be mediocre Christians. Halfway up the mountain Christians. We're going to practice the fear of the Lord all in with him. And I can't imagine what would happen if we said no to mediocrity finally as God's people. Whatever that means for each one of us. Kids, youth, adults. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are the sure foundation for our times. You are unshakable. Thank you, Father, that we can embrace you, that we can trust you to be our foundation, to provide the wisdom and knowledge we need in our times, that we can be all in with you and know it's the place to be. Father, we don't want to be mediocre. Some of us, if we're honest, would say we're tired of that. We don't want another school year of being mediocre Christians. Show us how to stop going halfway. And may you be glorified. Thank you for the testimonies we've heard. Thank you for how you worked at camp this year. And now, Lord, we just pray that by the power of your Spirit, you will help all those who made commitments to you to follow through. And Lord, uh, may you work through their lives as they live for you and serve you. In Jesus' name, amen.